Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Amen. Friends, I am struck this morning by the beauty and power of our text from the prophet Isaiah. And I am struck by the hymn that we just heard before our gospel text. If thou but trust in God to guide thee. Oh, how I long to sing that haunting tune with your collective voices ringing in my ears. Please God, oh, please God, oh, please God. May we lift our voices in praise to you together soon and very soon. Amen. This text from Isaiah is one you know well, though you may not realize it yet. Today, we only heard the last 10 verses of the 40th chapter of Isaiah. If we started at the beginning, you would hear the familiar refrain, comfort, oh, comfort my people. You would hear a voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And we would be transported back to Advent and to Handel's Messiah, lending art to words. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places plain. Friends, can I tell you something about this beloved text? It was written in exile. It was written while the Israelites were far from Judah, longing for their homes and for their worship places and for their common life. It is an ancient text with a timeless message that speaks to us today, especially today, while we wait for the day when we can come together in our church home and raise our voices with one accord. And I know that the church is not a building. I know that God is not contained in these walls. I have preached that message. But I also know that there are days when many of us, if not all of us, feel like we are in exile. Comfort, oh comfort my people. If you read Isaiah 40 in its entirety, it is long and lovely, much like my Tuesdays. I begin the day with women's Bible study at 7 a.m. and I end with high school Bible study at 7.30 p.m. Long, yes, but oh, so lovely. This past week, I started Tuesday with a question to the early morning crew. Where do you see God at work in the world? What do you see God doing? The responses were honest and varied, perhaps because we have been studying the Psalms, honest prayers of praise and lament, our group expressed the same. Lament that God feels absent or distant and praise that God is made present in the loving kindness of our friends and in the beauty of nature. I ended the day with a centering prayer practice led by our seminarian and embraced by our high schoolers. 
After reading a psalm describing the longing we feel for the dwelling places of God, we engaged the questions, where do we experience God? And in that space, what are some of the names that we have for God? And then we spent seven minutes, yes, seven minutes in silence, contemplating the varied and beautiful names of God. Friends, let's all take a moment to pray for our youth because they are an absolute blessing to this church. Their wisdom and faithfulness is moving mountains. Amen. Here is the truth that I hear in these sacred conversations and in our sacred texts. Get ready. God is coming. Pay attention. God is here. You want to worship the stars in the sky? Our God made those stars. You want to worship the waters in the deep? Our God created the deep. Our God is the God of the universe, the Lord of history, the beginning and end of all wisdom and time and being. The prophet asks rhetorically, have you not known? Have you not heard? In other words, are you not astounded by our incomparable God? The prophet speaks to a people in exile. God created all things, everything, even you, even you in exile, even you in despair. God created all. God created you in love. And God, who loves you, is with you always, even in exile, especially then. Trust in this God who creates and redeems and renews and sustains all things, all people, you. So what in the world does this good news, this prophetic word, have to do with our gospel text from Mark? So many things, but I'm only going to highlight two. First, look at who Jesus is in this text. And second, look at what Jesus does. Jesus is the creative, redemptive, renewing presence of God incarnate. Just look at his care for Simon's mother-in-law. Jesus touches her. He takes her by the hand. Jesus restores her. He lifts her up. In our distress, God is present and made real and palpable. God is eager to raise us up and give us new life. A life of discipleship and hospitality and service. A life that embodies the very love that Jesus makes real among us. But Jesus, even Jesus, does not preach and heal and serve on his own. No, Jesus seeks out a deserted place for solitude and prayer. Jesus seeks sacred time and space to know and love and commune with God. There is 
no preaching, no healing, no community without first communing with the God who lovingly creates, redeems, renews, sustains us. Look back at Isaiah's words. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wow. That is some serious strength, some awesome endurance. Those are some encouraging words, no? But this strength and this endurance does not just fall in our laps. It doesn't even just fall in Jesus's lap. This strength and endurance is born out of relationship, out of trust, out of asking ourselves, where did God show up this week? And out of seven minutes of contemplating the names of God and the presence of God, even with the laments of absence, even with the distractions of a busy mind, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Not those who wait for the Lord perfectly or with perfect words and perfect thoughts. Nope, just wait for the Lord. Just wait and pay attention and trust. I don't mean to invite passivity. Just waiting is not a passive thing. Some of the folks who waited seven minutes on Tuesday will tell you it's work. Others will tell you it's balm to the soul. Both truths are right. Waiting for God isn't passive because waiting doesn't do the work for us but it's part of the work. It's part of what transforms us and strengthens us for the work ahead. Sitting with God and naming God won't end the pandemic, at least not in and of itself. But sitting with God and naming God will help you to see and know God in new and deeper ways, giving you the strength that even Jesus sought to keep up the work and heal the world. Who trusts in God's unchanging love builds on a rock that not can move. Find a deserted place and pray. Let Jesus take you by the hand and lift you up. Serve the world with gladness, hoping in the changeless love of the God who creates, renews, redeems, and sustains us. Even you. Amen.